VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good night. Welcome to The Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. So the ghosts out in the hall, the paint peeling off the walls, good night. Sometimes I stand between the sidewalk and the sky. And just staring through the clouds as they pass by You have to leave the ground to learn to fly Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, keeping women connected on air with information and conversation on relevant issues for women today. Joining me is my co-host, as always, Lauren Beller-Blake, business coach, expert on women entrepreneurs, founder of Big Fish Nation, committed to helping women entrepreneurs create financially successful and sustainable businesses. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Good morning, Catherine. Thank you. How are you today? Yeah. How are you this morning? I'm doing very well. Ready to roll. It's early. feels like an early day, for, but I'm ready to roll. Good. Great. Because we've got lots to talk about on the show today. First, you and I are going to talk about a topic that you have discussed on your blog, that you talk to your women entrepreneurs about, really important topic and something that's really very personal to me as well. Summer can be a tough time to make progress on our goals, and I've been suffering from that all summer. Have Absolutely. you? I have, and I have been here at Cape Cod in Massachusetts on the beach for two months and sort of just kind of getting by in terms of doing what I have to do. I want to talk about that in a few minutes, but um, also coming up, uh, Lauren and I are going to be talking to Jillian Hoffman. Jillian Hoffman is the author of Pretty Little Things, a fast-paced thriller that deals with the threat Internet chat rooms pose to our nation's children, which I know something concerns you, Lauren, since you have a four-year-old, as well as many of our listeners. But, all right, getting back to us. I'm about to leave Cape Cod this afternoon. Oh, today. Yeah, packing up, getting ready to go, and I've thought about what have I done, what have I accomplished. You know, I've done my radio show, I'm putting together some events in the fall because of fundraisers for um, the university that I sit on the board uh, and a lot of those kinds of things. But I've been kind of just getting by. And I know that I'm concerned about how do I kind of get back into things and really go full force and achieve my goals. So, um, you know, and I've also been traveling, even though I've been in Cape Cod, I've also been back and forth to New York. Um, and I've been, as you described on the blog, I guess, inconsistent, um, my attention has been focused on other things like lobster and <laughs> scotch and parties and uh, fun. So now what do I do? Uh, but <laughs> In that order, I'm sure. Yeah. So what do we do? We have to remember to return to our goals. You're the expert. Tell us. Well, I really think that it starts with reconnecting with our vision. You know, what's the vision? What's your vision? Where are you trying to go? And yes, of course, summer was good, and having a relaxing, fun summer is, in part, is actually part of our vision, but you can't stay there forever, you know? So I do right, think so, it's about... I'm sorry, what were we going to say? No, you said reconnecting with our vision. I know one of the things uh, that you had mentioned is in doing that, read your vision every... Well, you say every Monday morning. I guess, yeah, I guess it doesn't... 
Yes, consistently, I guess, is the key. Read it consistently to be sure that you um, are connecting with it. And if it's near not connecting with it, it needs a revamp. You know, you need to know what your vision is. You need to know where you're going. You need to have a motivation about in order to get there. You need to be excited about where you're going. All right, so I'm leaving, leaving town. You know what? You, before you leave, you should rewrite your vision before you leave because that's a good spot to write it. All right, so it's starting things new, like rewrite yeah. my vision. What do I want for my radio show, say, exactly. this year, 2010, 2011? What do yeah, I want to do? Well, I think focus on this next quarter. You know, this last quarter is coming up. Can you believe it's the last quarter of 2010? So what is it that people want to accomplish in this last quarter? Get focused on it. Get excited about it. Make it realistic. At the same time, make it a stretch. And then start getting consistent about staying connected with that vision. And right, so that will excite me because it'll be something new. It'll be new vision, a revised vision. It's not going back to the same thing, and it's never the same thing because I've had all these experiences this summer anyway, which adds to my vision. Exactly. So, okay, so, it's, so I do think it, uh, sometimes people don't have to update their vision. Sometimes it's just reconnecting with it, rereading it is all that they really need. Other times people need to revamp. I sometimes, um, I don't ever revamp, but I tweak and those little tweaks can be really exciting because it's like, oh, I've never thought of that particular area or goal that I want to work in. Right, so so once, I'm revamping my vision. And visions, as you say, and I, we have to keep repeating this, visions are di- a vision is different than a goal. I agree. A vision is the destination in which you want to get. You know, it's, okay. the, it's the North Star. It's the thing that's really far away. So then what you would do is back it down and say, if that vision is true in the next two or three or five or ten years, whatever that vision is, you know, however long you're writing it, far away you're writing it, then you have to back it up, you know, bring it a couple steps closer of what is it that needs to happen this quarter in order to get closer to that vision by next year. And then those are goals that are very specific. They're written down, and you share them with somebody. You tell somebody, what are the goals that you're going to work on now that you're heading back to Albany, you know, heading back to, back to summer's over, back to the grind, <laughs> not to make it not sound fun because I really don't want to do that. So you have to be, Lauren, very specific. You've got your vision, you've revamped your vision, and then you have goals in order to achieve that vision. What, and you have to be accountable because Absolutely. if you tell somebody else, then you're accountable. Who it's do I tell? Critical. I'm it's telling. critical. <laughs> Who do you tell? Well, um, you could tell your partner if that's you know if that person's going to hold you accountable. Most of the time, I think they're not that they're not the right person for that. I think that's what a great business coach is for: is to keep you accountable, feet to the fire, someone that you know is going to check in. I spoke to a guy that I've been working with for years yesterday, and he said we had missed our appointment because of summer. You know, his life was busy. We missed our appointment in July. We hadn't spoken in two months, and he said I was hustling on these two issues in my life because I knew I had to talk to you today. So it's about someone's going to ask me the question. That's accountability. Right. That makes a lot of sense because it's like in school. I mean, you read the material, you take a course, you're taking, but unless you have a test, let's face it, unless someone actually gives you a test or you have to write a paper about it, you, you kind of slack off. You know? Exactly. I mean, yeah. So in other words, and a business coach is perfect for that, a business coach like like. Like Lauren. Yeah, like Lauren and Lauren's team, yeah. And Lauren's team, exactly. Big Fish Nation, and it's bigfishnation.com if you want more information about this or you do want to sign up with Lauren for a business coach or for business sessions, a business coaching sessions. Okay, accountability is a big thing. It's really, really big. Is. And I'll yeah. tell you, I have people that call me after years of going through our Big Fish program saying, I'm doing all the right things, but I'm not holding myself accountable. It's time for that piece. It's a really important one. 
Yeah. All right. So accountability, accountability, vision, goals, and sign up for a big fish program. That's not a bad idea either. No, it's um, not. That's a good idea. And I would add one more piece to it, and it's about getting back into your exercise routine. I just think that piece, it's not all about work, and you need the energy of an exercise routine to keep things consistent. I'm back in my routine since I moved to San Diego. Oh, I feel so much better. I got out of my routine with travel and um, the move, and I'm back in my routine. Ever since I, my feet hit the ground here, I've been consistently back to my run. That's what my problem has been. I have been here. I walk to town. I walk back. I amble to town because I've been partying the night before. I'm stuffing myself on lobsters and clams and all that kind of stuff. And you know what, Lauren? You're right. I just said to Barry this morning as we're having another big breakfast, tomorrow is, you know, I put on a couple pounds. I feel like a big blob. I'm not going to be able to rewrite my vision or accomplish my goals unless I get my my body and my routine and my exercise in shape. And I'm even thinking uh, about changing it a little bit, maybe get back into swimming and kind of swimming and walking, not just walking, because swimming and doing lengths um, is, all, is, a di- you know, is a different kind of an exercise. And that's also something new and different, but at the same time, getting into my routine. I love that. I think that's important. Yeah. So it's, you always bring in the exercise piece to it. And I guess, do you because think... Because I think that if you, at the end of the 10 years or, what, you know, the vision, there, I, every, there's no vision that someone has that says, I'm not going to, I don't want to be healthy. So you have to take care of yourself today in order for 10 years out for you to be healthy, whether it's exercise, eating better, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's part of the vision it must be. So are there any women in the Big Fish program who you have helped... Uh, who have, let's say they have a, they do a lot of this cognitive stuff. They have a good vision. They try to accomplish their goals, writing them down, doing all the things that you say, but they, they aren't able to accomplish what they want to because they don't exercise, because they're yeah. not healthy, because they don't take in that physical piece. I had, this is, it's so funny you're asking this question. So a number of years ago, I was a woman who I won't name, went through the Big Fish program. She had a multi-million dollar program, or I'm sorry, multi-million dollar business. And she did everything business-wise right, and she kept growing it, growing it, growing it, and it was getting more efficient. She was less, you know, less, um, her people were more involved. In other words, she was, they, she was building leaders. <clears throat> she never, she was over, very overweight, and the piece that she knew she needed to get a handle on was her weight. Never happened. Um, long story short, this summer, I'm sorry, almost a year ago, this fall, her husband died, young, very young. And it was a huge wake-up call. Last night I got an email from her. She said, Lauren, I'm finally getting my life together. I've lost 18 pounds. I had my teeth fixed. I had my, the mole removed on my face. You know, she was going on and on and on. And I thought, this woman's finally, this was a wake-up call for her. It's time to take care of her health, too. Yeah, and I think sometimes women get stuck. Women do get stuck, Lauren, in thinking that if they take care of themselves physically, because you mentioned several things, not just exercising, getting rid of the mole on her face, losing 18 pounds, uh, getting her, what did you, teeth fixed, all of those things, they see that as pampering themselves and being narcissistic and that that's not a good thing and they're taking care of themselves maybe and not taking care of their kids or their family, and that's that's not true. You have to do that in order, you have to... Exactly. You have to do those kinds of things are not narcissistic. Getting your hair done, getting the mole removed, fixing your teeth and losing 18 pounds. They all contribute to doing better in your, in your work. It's critical. It's yeah. critical because you feel better. 
You know, she was, I could tell by her email, this woman was literally changing her life. Why do you think it takes us so long to get there? I mean, what holds us back? What holds women back? Why don't we do that? Why do we kind of limp along? <laughs> <laughs> I think that there is a, there's a fear about the whole next level. And also the energy it might take to get to that next level. It's, a, it's really about change and getting more and more conscious. Yeah. Something so it's all about the risk. Us. There's either a motivation um, to get there a carrot, or there's pain in this particular, particular moment that is um, pushing us to the next level. And we have to decide, you know, what's, which is stronger for us. That, good point. That, I mean, I think that really kind of ties it all up because it, that's true. The reason we do limp, we don't want to. What happens if you lose weight? What happens if you exercise and you look well and people are going to view you differently and they're going to expect more from you? Then you have to take that risk and go to the next level. And that's scary. It's easier just to limp along and exactly. to just get by uh, because it may be okay. It's not bad. It's not horrible. You're earning a living. It's good enough. Uh, and so it, it's sort of by not attending to those things, it keeps you in your place and you don't, you're right, go to the next. It's scary to go to the next level. It is. It is. And it really means um, concentrated focus and effort and change, changing behavior. So this fall, this is the opportunity. It's September 1st. This is the time to do it. This is the time to make changes in your business. And change doesn't mean change. It means going ahead, going forward, taking risks, taking it to the next level. It does. It's a great time. This is a great yeah. time to do it. All right. So, and we can go to the, uh, Lauren's website, bigfishnation.com. You can take a look. There are some other things that you can do to, to make changes. So it, you can go to that next level and uh, in, increase, um, what, increase your level of activity and become more successful in your business. Anyway, we have to take a break. Coming up next will be our guest, and uh, her, our guest is Jillian Hoffman. She is the author of Pretty Little Things, which delves into the Internet subculture of stalkers and sexual predators. Um, I'm Catherine Zotz, your social worker with a microphone, with Lauren Beller-Blake, business coach, expert on women entrepreneurs. We'll be back in a minute. Don't go away. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. He'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnist. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, keeping women connected on air with information and conversation on issues relevant for women today. And my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake, business coach, expert on women entrepreneurs and founder of Big Fish Nation. We're back, Lauren, not with our guest, but uh, she should be with us shortly, Jillian Hoffman. She's the author of Pretty Little Things, a book that is described as a fast-paced thriller that deals with the threat Internet chat rooms pose to our nation's children, which is really scary stuff. And apparently she writes about space. Uh, MySpace is one of them, and Facebook, another one, uh, that can be, I guess, a real challenge to parents because these outlets can be breeding grounds for trouble, and it's a real problem. She's a lawyer. So Interesting. She, yeah, she was a lawyer assistant prosecutor, I think, in, in uh, Florida. So we'll wait for her to come on the air. But that's really scary. Speaking of, um, I'm on Facebook now, and I've always had a concern about I see about you Facebook. more active yeah. on Facebook. What, what do you see? I told you, what I've been doing, you know, we're talking about the fact that here I have been here all summer not doing what I probably should be doing with a lot of the um, – responsibilities that I have in my business and also in the foundations I work for and those kinds of things. So what have I been doing, Lauren? I've been playing Scrabble online. I know. I can tell. And that's on Facebook. So I'm out there with <laughs> Facebook. It's very public. You said that I, I'm always afraid. You know, we have a difference of opinion here because you, uh, when you talk, you do Facebook, you do Twitter, and you're very personal about getting your personal life out there. So I, I am. Think I, that just, you're gonna I get do. Yourself, I share a lot. Yeah. I think you're going to get yourself in trouble. Uh, you know, and I'm seeing more and more articles about this. You really should. Uh, one of what the part, things. That what they, part shouldn't I share? Let me hear your opinion. Well, because I'm seeing that that on, for instance, stuff that's on Facebook. People, yep. you know, it seems innocent when they're writing this stuff. You know, they're telling about their whatever it is, their jobs, their vacations. You know, all sharing all these personal kinds of things, and then two or three years. You know, a year from now, you decide to perhaps not do, maybe you're not going to do what you're doing now. You know, you're not going to be a business coach. You're changing careers. But some of the stuff that you shared, 
which is out there and it, on Facebook about your life and who you are and what you've accomplished or not um, is still out there. And you may not want your next employer or your next business partner to know about all this stuff, but you had no idea that you'd be making such changes. I mean, that's an example. <laughs> You're so funny. But that's like um, public stuff. That, In other words, if I was... You know, I was in an industry a whole different company 10 years ago, and that's I think that's okay to show that. Well, what do you mean? I, okay, it is, but that's just something, okay, that was a business that you did. You put that on. I'm not talking about stuff that you would put on your uh, a website or something oh. that you – I'm talking about the day-to-day stuff. Like, you know, the – Like the, the move, like the fact that I put a lot about my move online. Yeah, that's real personal about your move, exactly. And they may take a look at it. Someone, well, you know what? I'm going to put a new address up. You know, some people. I'm going to send a press release out that's going out this week on that move. You know, now that we're established here, so it's going to happen either way. But just do you share, do you share the details of the move, or do you share just the fact that you have a new address? I think you just share the. For me, I just would share the fact that I have a new address. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't well, want. The point people is, to... let me tell you something from a. From a following standpoint, you know, people that, you know, when you have to you start to get your people that are following, I can't tell you that that, I can't, I have to say to you that the the move, I had the most followers ever, ever, ever. People wanted to know what, it was like, where that, where in the world is Matt Lauer? They wanted to know where I was today, what we were doing on the move today. It was amazing. So did that draw people to your website? Did that help business? To, yeah, it drew people to Facebook. And it wasn't like, um necessarily brand new people it was people that i've known and you know in every walk of life personal professional it was like i had no idea i was getting emails i was getting uh, text messages and very few people called which i find they knew i didn't want phone calls you know they got that okay so what is the goal what is the the goal goal was to the goal was to establish uh, try to i was playing with video that was my intent for that move i was playing with does video attract followers well they loved the personal videos. They loved the personal videos. So I realized, you know what, I really need to get into vlogging, you know, video, video vlogging. It's, so I'm, I'm playing with it. It's time my Mac is here. I'm getting used to it. It's time to get back on it. I'm going to do weekly vlogging and share, you know, share some more personal stuff. And not necessarily personal, but, you know, I have some, you know, I have made mistakes. I want to share those mistakes about what I've made, how I learned from them. But what I'm saying is, does that draw people to your business? Okay, video blogging and doing videos is definitely a trend. Uh, you know, you, I think, you know, last year or even the year before, people photographed. It was all about photographing and, and having a photograph on your website. Now it's all about videos. I think that's true. But, like, in a particular business, because I think this is important, and you um, are the business coach, business expert, what a, what it what will it do for your business? What is it going to do for you by doing all these videos and drawing people and teaching them lessons or helping them to, you know, when they make a move, they'll be able to look at some of the stuff that you did in terms of your move, the stuff that was helpful, the stuff that wasn't. How? Well, here's, what, uh, here's the trend that I'm seeing. If I go to a luncheon these days and speak, um, those luncheons are, they're um, struggling to get the same numbers that they used to two and three and five years ago working really hard to get 100 seat, uh, butts in the seat just doesn't happen anymore for a regular luncheon in a, in a small community, uh, even a large community. Um, it's, there's many more choices. They have competition with online now. And what I'm finding is if I do video online, then people that used to see me speak or may, if I go and speak and I do video, now more people are going to get a sense of me and my thinking and my systems 
and be more apt to jump on and do something with us. Where before, the only way people would get to know who I am is through my speaking. So now it's, now I, it's not just through my blogging, it's through video, so they get a sense of me personally, my culture, my, you know, who I am, my style, my, my, um, brassness sometimes, you know, that comes across, that comes across in video, where it wouldn't through a blog or my writing necessarily. So you're saying that by having a video, and let's say, uh, let the other other businesses that this is going to be helpful for. If you have a video, and this is a trend, a blog, a video blog, is that what you call it? A video blog? Yeah. Yep. That this can help draw people to your business and that you don't necessarily have to go around giving speeches, giving lectures in the same way because it's hard to get people to actually get to the lectures, pay for the lectures, and get to know you that way. This is a whole new way of presenting yourself. It's a whole new way of getting out there in the world. And it is putting yourself out there. I agree with you. It is getting yourself out there. Now, remember what you put out there is going to be archived. Did you know every single day the Internet's archived? It's true. So I am thoughtful about what I put out. I do. Um, I do. I don't like the whole Facebook places um, new extra application. I I disable it. I don't want people to know where I am if I'm having a cup of coffee. Leave me alone. You know. If this so, is archived, everything's archived. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. So let me tell you a quick story. I was working. I'm working on another project which you and I need to talk about offline. But I was working on this project and I wanted to have a list of my old clients from. 15 years ago, I had an amazing client list, and I needed that for this particular project I was working on. So I contacted my ex-husband, and I said, Could you, is there a way that you can get into our old servers? Like, he must have them. I don't know. And you could you help me get that with list? Your ex-husband? What? You still have con- Do you talk to your ex-husband? No, head? I do not. I really very seldom. Well, once this was a really perfect reason to reach out and just say, hey, how you doing? Could you help me? And, you know, here's what happened. 24 hours later, he sent me a link to an archive system, like I have no clue where it was. It was not a server. I thought he would have access to the servers. He's like, no, I don't have access to those servers. They're destroyed. They're gone. They're, you know, that was 15 years ago. He said, but I'll go find them on the archive servers out on the Internet. I'm like, what are you talking about? There, every day, the, the Internet's archived, and anything that you do that's online is archived, and it's searchable. You can go find it. So you're right. You want to be thoughtful about what you put out there. So someone decides they want to listen to. Okay, I've got several questions. Archive, <laughs> how do, archive server. How do you have access? How do you get access to that? Is there a website that we go yeah, there's, to? There's a web. There's a web. It was archive something. I can look it up, but I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, there, you can go search on it and search within the archives of the internet 15 years ago, and boom, up it was exactly as it, though it was there yesterday. So everything that you have said, and you too, and. <laughs> <laughs> not me. Everything that you have said is up there. It's on the net. It's been archived. And everything that everybody else has said as well, isn't this a heyday for people who, let's say attorneys, for instance, um, you can... Attorneys are loving it. Matter of fact, I have a client who works very specifically in that business. Um, she Actually, she's not an attorney. She works... She gets the data on, online and organizes it for attorneys. It's amazing. Uh, yes, you're right. So you it's have a, a client, you're an attorney, you're, or you're whatever it is, uh, and you need to get all this information about uh, Joe Blow, and you can go out there and I guess you put in, would you put in like Joe Smith's name and then you could... Yeah. Get all well, the information well, what's interesting on... to me is when I did the search, I couldn't find this information, so he literally went into the archive, like these... It's called archive.org, archive.org. Oh, did you find it? 
Yeah, archive.org, yeah. I've got my producers working on it right now. Oh, very good. See, it's on it. Yeah. Yeah, so you can go in there and get it, and I'm sure that there's all kinds of old information. I have a list of names once I finish the show. That's what I want to do. Archive.org. Okay, so you really, you know, you say you have to be careful, though. You do. What you you say, do have to be careful. But the, the thing is, once you get up there and once you start being videotaped, it's kind of like these um, reality TV shows. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Well, you get into it, and then you kind of forget that the camera is there. It's like it's we get true. on the radio, we're talking. I say stuff sometimes, I'll get off and think, boy, maybe I said too much. Because I started, I, I, you, know, you lose yourself. You get involved in it. It's true. So you don't have to be worried about Big Brother watching over you anymore. Because <laughs> you can go to archive.org, and you can find out anything that's been on the Internet for the past, what, 15, 20 years? Oh, I think from day one. I think from day one, like 20, 25 years ago. That's amazing. It is amazing. I don't know if 25, that's probably too far, but I bet you 20, what is this, 2010? Yeah, Yeah. 1990, there was the Internet. I didn't know about it, but it was very, you know, archaic, but it was still there, I'm sure. Archive.org. We're going to take a break. Lauren Deller-Blake, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone, keeping women connected on air with information and conversation on issues for women today. Don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. 
Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, keeping women connected on air with information and conversation on issues for women today with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake. Uh, and our guest is author Julian Hoffman and she's her new book is Pretty Little Things which is described as a fast-paced thriller that deals with the threat internet chat rooms posed to our nation's children something that we all are concerned about and as I said in the beginning of the show Lauren in particular my co-host she has a four-year-old so she's just getting into this whole issue of internet and chat rooms and Facebook and once her daughter gets in school it's, it's, a, it's a whole new world um, Julian Hoffman uh, is was a prosecuting she prosecuted sex offenders and was a regional legal advisor for the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Um, and so, hence her her book, creating one of the most compelling messages to ever flow through a novel: Who is lurking behind those online screens, and why are they reaching out to our children? And one other bit of information, Jillian was instrumental in helping to craft Florida's first sexual predator and community notification laws. So she brings her years of work to this gripping tale, and the tale is of kidnapping, murder, and the perverse workings of the criminal justice system. Welcome to the show, Jillian. Catherine, thanks so much for having me. Okay, so former attorney, former assistant prosecutor turned author, uh, which is an interesting twist to begin with, um, and a very distinguished uh, legal background. Um, why did you switch careers from law to writing? How did you get into this? Uh, you know, first talk about some of your, the background, your own personal background that led you to specifically to writing this book. Well, I was working at the prosecutor, uh, maybe two and a half, three years prosecuting a serial rape case uh, out of Miami where the defendant had raped young women, and I was prosecuting two of the victim, uh, him on two of the victims. And I think the, the, the plot for the very first novel, which was titled Retribution, sort of came from uh, while I was prosecuting him. And I started to think, you know, what if this victim had an opportunity to prosecute her offender? Uh, what you do would she seek justice like you know she's taught in law school or would it be retribution and sort of from there this um plot for as i said my first novel retribution started to form and it took uh, quite a few years i i for a couple more years in miami and then i went to the department of law enforcement as their legal advisor and i was there for five years assisting special agents with their uh criminal investigations including the murder of gianni versace and uh, it was there at FDLE that I started to try and write this first plot, um, but, you know, it was hard having two young children at the time, and uh, law enforcement is not nine to five, so what happened was I had to quit my job 
try and write my first novel, which is what I did. I left FDLE in 2001, and it took me about a year, and I wrote my first book. And uh, legal thrillers are, are what I write. I've written uh, four. Fourth one is uh, Pretty Little Things, which is coming out next week. And uh, they're all takes on the criminal justice system. And as I did specialize in uh, the sexual predators, and I created the very first list of sexual predators down in uh, Miami, Broward, uh, the Keys, each, uh, back in 1996, it seemed fitting as I saw my own kids grow up from being just little kids when I was working with FDLE, now they're teenagers, and the threats that I've seen growing up as a parent, as they've grown up as a parent, uh, I just I just thought this was a very timely topic next thriller on. All right, can you give us examples, give us specific examples of how this occurs? Um, you know, obviously, you know, as, because as a, as a prosecutor, and then obviously this isn't your first book about it, and now you have a personal interest because of your own children. Um, how this whole process, how does it occur, sexual predators on the Internet? What do they do? How do they do it? You know, it's, it's, it's pretty creepy, actually. Let me just cite a statistic for you. In December, uh, the Attorney General, Andrew Cuomo, for New York, their brand-new uh, law in New York called the Stop Law, and they purged their system. You know, we're uh, having a with, bad um, connection. With, we have, we, I don't know if we should call you back because I'm hearing you. I'm not here. It's kind of going in and out a little bit, Jillian. Are you on a oh, cell or a cordless? I'm on a landline. Do you want to try me again? Uh, yeah, maybe we'll go to break and we'll come back and try it again because, I don't know, Lauren, can you hear Jillian? I'm having issues too. Yeah, okay. We'll go, yeah, let's, let's, let's go to break. We'll be back in a minute. We'll reconnect with Jillian. Uh, Jillian Hoffman, author of Pretty Little Things, Get a Better Line. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. 
We're back, and I think we'll, hopefully we have a better connection than we did before. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. My co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake, business coach, expert, business coach, expert on women's entrepreneur, on women entrepreneurs. And our guest, Jillian Hoffman. Uh, Jillian is author of Pretty Little Things, which is a, uh, a book, a, actually a novel, a thriller that deals with the threat internet chat rooms pose to our nation's children. So, um, so my question is, who's doing it? How do they do it? Give us some examples. What are the circumstances of this? What do we have to look out for? You know, we've got kids who are online using Facebook, using Twitter, all of these kinds of things. Who, who are the people doing this? How are they doing it? And what do they do? There are 3,500 sexual predators, convicted registered sexual predators, were purged from MySpace and Facebook. These are just New York sex offenders. This is just registered ones. Those have actually been caught and convicted, and that's New York alone. And that was in December by um, Governor Cuomo. So if you think about that number and you think that there are 665,000 registered sex offenders in the United States, um, it's an overwhelming uh, statistic, or it's an overwhelming thought, I should say, who our children are speaking with or talking to when they're on the Internet, whether that be via MySpace or Facebook or if they go into a chat room. Um, there was a statistic uh, that comes out of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children based on a study that they commissioned that one in every seven children are approached on the Internet by a sexual predator. That's 13% of our kids. When they're online, they're approached by a predator, and most of the time, they don't even know they've been approached. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you you are with Facebook. Okay, so you have, I mean, the statistics are alarming that you just described. So you get, what did you say, one in every seven? One in every seven children are approached by a sexual predator while they're on the Internet. All right, so what do you do? How do you prepare yourself? How do you prepare your kids? I mean, if you, that's a huge statistic. I mean, that's hundreds of thousands of kids. What do we do? Well, that's what I, uh, the first thing I tell parents is they have to know what their kids are doing. And it's not just, oh, they're on Facebook. You've got to know how Facebook works, how it operates, and so that you can understand how it is your children are communicating with people. Same thing with MySpace, same thing with chat rooms. If you've never been in a chat room, you have no idea how they converse, how subjects come up, or how your child may very well be enticed by a predator. Now, not every kid disappears who chats with a sexual predator. Sometimes, like in my case, my child was in fourth grade. She was 11 years old when one of her friends in school, uh, somehow this guy had gotten her AIM, uh, which is an AOL instant messaging address, and she had been texting back and forth with him. She told him she was 16, and she thought it was funny and gave his address to her other fourth grade friends, and they all thought it was funny until one of them asked uh, the kid to send him pictures of herself, nude pictures of herself. I hear this, and uh, the nude part was uh, was extracted from the or taken out of the conversation. All I heard was, you know, that he had wanted her to send pictures, and I stopped the car because my daughter was telling me this. Unfortunately, while I was in traffic, and I thought okay, I have to talk to all the moms. I called all the moms up to tell them what had been going on. And you know what surprised me the most was the ambivalence of most parents. Oh, well, that really wouldn't happen, and I don't think so. And, well, the computer's in my living room, so I would know. And the fact that the computer's in your living room doesn't mean anything. You have to know what's going on on the computer in your living room. You have to know what your kid is chatting about and who they're chatting to. So... So what do you do? Okay, so if you have to know that from a practical standpoint, Jillian, your kid is on, as you say, the kid's in the living room or the kid's 
And sometimes they're in their bedroom with their computer. Well, that's um, a big no-no. I don't believe in computers in bedrooms of kids. Teenagers, uh, young kids, none of them, because they're just too likely, A, to surf the Internet. You put a word into Google, almost any innocent word you pick up, put in Mickey Mouse, and you can come up with, with porn. I mean, it's it's... Even if you put parental controls, they're not always as safe as uh, you think they are, or exclusive as you think that they are. And so I have what do you seen do words I, put I had three Google. boys growing up on the computer, and they had them in their bedroom. Probably you're saying that wasn't a good idea. I think that's but, a terrible idea, well, to be perfectly honest. But how do they do their homework sitting in the living room, especially when you're in high school or middle school even? You, I mean, like it's not conducive to being able to, like if you're trying to do serious work on your computer, um, how do you... The thing is, it's almost like you're giving them uh, the Internet, and the Internet's a great thing. I mean, it helps them do research, helps them write reports, but it also opens up windows into places. Now, they're teenagers, and they're young kids, and they're going to be inquisitive, and they're going to go searching, and they're going to go into chat rooms, and they're going to go looking at things. It's not always a porno chat room. I mean, sexual predators are not... Uh, are not stupid. They they know how to groom individuals. They know how to to speak to kids. They know how to uh, to reach them, and it's not always in an in, in an X rated site. So, I am a total disbeliever in in computers and bedrooms. I think you have to have them in a family room. So the kid is not going to go. There's always the threat that you're going to look in and take a peek at what he's look, doing on the computer. Same thing with the cell phone. If the kid knows that you check his cell phone every once in a while, they're not going to be doing things on the cell phone that they that they would that they shouldn't be doing. Um, and that goes just, against everything that I you know against my grain, especially when they're in high school. Now it's one thing if you're talking about to me six eight, 10-year-olds, you know, even up to 12 years old. But if I'm going to go and on my 16-year-old cell phone or on his computer, I mean, that relationship, that to me, at least with my kids, I think now they're in their late 20s, early 30s, would have established a real relationship of I don't trust you, I don't, can I arm them with the information? Let's say you have all this information as a parent about what goes on in these chat rooms. Can't you sit down with your kid, your you know, 14 plus, say 14 to 18, and talk to them about this and trust that, because they're already out. I mean, they're out going to parties and they're out doing other things where you have to have have some kind of trust. Or, or you, you, you just think from up until 18 years old that they you really have to be on literally on top of their cells or on top of their uh, computers? Listen, when, when you have teenagers, teenagers, first of all, think that they're, Invincible. They all think that, you know, they're going to see a sexual predator coming. I'm going to know it's a bad guy I'm talking to. I'm going to know that, that, that you know, he's not a 13-year-old kid or he's not a 20-year-old man. I'm going to know I'm going to know. And that, that applies outside the Internet in real life as well. I don't check my kid's cell phone every day, but they know that I could. They know that, they're, that if, if I want to, I can check their phone and I can check their email and I can check their computer. And I think you know, if kids think that you don't have that right and that you can't look at this stuff, that that opens up a door for them to potentially be doing things that they shouldn't do. I don't think it has a trust issue. I have two teenagers, and you know, both of them, I have a great relationship with both of them, and neither one of them thinks that I don't trust them. It's not them I don't trust. It's the bad guys I don't trust. And I know from 10 years in law enforcement just how sneaky and crafty sexual predators and sex offenders can be. I told right, you this. Give us an example of sneaky six, and crafty. Like what could they do to it? Like, real specific, like a 16-year-old. We're not talking about a 10-year-old, okay? But a 16-year-old, what can they do? How can they entice them 
in a way that, let's say, very common. They take up a persona that they're 16 or 17 as well. They meet them perhaps in a chat room or through a MySpace friend or a connection. If you know how Facebook works, it's, oh, you know this person. You may want to be friends with this person. <clears throat> and so they become friends with somebody who they've never met through a connection that they may not even have known. And then this person is pretending to be 17 or 18 themselves, because you're talking specifically it's a 16-year-old girl. How would they entice a 16-year-old girl? Well, they pretend to be 17 themselves. They send pictures of themselves that look like they're 17 as well. And when in reality, such as was the case with my kid who was in uh, fourth grade and 11 years old, he was a 43-year-old sex offender from North Carolina. They start to groom them. They talk to them like they are, like they, they were 17, and that the, the, that they're trying to groom them, in, so that they, that they establish a relationship that the kid now trusts them. And then what ultimately happens after this grooming period goes on? Sometimes it can last for several weeks, and sometimes it can last for several months. Then they agree to meet up. It's time for us to meet. They, now this girl thinks that he's a 17-year-old boy. By the time he shows up and they go to the mall or something to meet up, normally speaking, kids don't tell their parents they're going to go do this, and they go and they meet up with this individual who turns out to be a sex offender, convicted or not. But the ultimate goal for this person is to be with your kid. It happens all the time. If you see, you know, uh, if you watch the news, Bill Kamal was a weatherman down in Miami. He was busted in an Internet sting where he pretended to be a 14-year-old boy, meeting up with another 14-year-old boy, bringing along sex toys with him, and they met him up in a, a restaurant parking lot. It happens all the time. If you check out pervertedjustice.com, you'll see them. Their cases come across the paper every single day. 28-year-old men, 43-year-old men, 50-year-old men, they entice these kids because the kids don't know that it's a 50-year-old guy. They think it's a 17-year-old boy. And they, as I said before, they're invincible. They think they're going to know it's a bad guy. And they don't. So it's not that I don't trust my kids. I don't you, trust these, these offenders. I don't. And I, you the recidivism rate on sex offenders is so high that you, and it's, it's statistically proven that you can't rehabilitate them. So they, they you know, you're, you're, you're constantly have this threat of these individuals, and as I said, almost a million of them out there that have been convicted that potentially are on the Internet talking to your kids. I don't think it's a matter of not so talking Julian, to your kids. Okay, I want to ask you this one then. But if, I mean, you're saying that you have to be literally um, looking over your kid's shoulder and, and having and the kids know that you can find information. And arming the kids with information, without a doubt. I'm a big believer in showing them real headlines. Don't just tell them, oh, there's bad guys out there. You show them. Go on. Go online. Go read the paper. Show them J.C. Dugar, what happened when she was nailed at a bus stop. Show them the ones, that, the, the, the cases that kids have been nailed online. And see, been, I think that's uh, a better way of doing it, and I think that parents very see this. That at least that's one of the tactics I would agree with. I think that the more information the kid has, and I think parents tend to try and shield their kids, especially their without daughters. Without a doubt, those without a things. doubt, when it comes to drugs, uh, sex, and these internet uh, connections, yes, they do try to shield them, thinking that it's better that they don't know what's out there. And I completely disagree with that. Yeah. And as I said, you know, you have to be able to to be able to look at what your kid is doing because you need to know if, if they're being groomed, if they've got a friend you've never heard of that they're having these uh, conversations with that potentially could go someplace. Because by the time they made the decision to go meet this individual, it's too late. Once they go to meet them, it's too late. The damage is done. Sometimes they don't come back. So, you know, I'm one of these people that I believe in 
and prevention. Don't let the crime happen. Don't let it yeah, happen. I agree with you, and I think another part of the prevention piece, and maybe it's because of my background, social worker, uh, and I think prevention is really one of the key things here, is that you really have to, as you say, arm your kid with information. And maybe secondly, there are certain kids that are more vulnerable to this just because they're more, they're, they, they have more vulnerable personalities. They're kids who are more innocent for a lot of different kinds of reasons. So it's oh, sure. like, I mean, I oh, think sure. there are other kids who are more, wouldn't you agree, even at 16, 17, 18, who are more savvy? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, in, in my novel, and I tried to, although it's a, it's a fictionalized novel, and let's get to the novel because we have five minutes. So, and because there's so much, you've been. I mean, this is. Uh, we could go on with this conversation. It's really lots of good information. But let's tie it together with the novel so we can get listeners to go out buy the novel because it's it's. Uh, well, I think that your listeners will find it to be a big eye opener because, as I said, although it's fictionalized. I have taken a lot from my experience working, as I said, for 10 years in law enforcement to kind of craft a story that while the plot is not real, it could be. It happens all the time. So in my, in my case, in Pretty Little Things, Lainey Emerson is a 13-year-old girl who comes from a troubled family. She's got you know, a stepfather and a stepbrother, and she doesn't get along with the stepfather, and her mother works too much and cares too little, and her older sister, who's 16, has been a little wild, and she's, been, she's run away from home before. So she doesn't come from the most stable of families. And she is on the Internet, and she uh, meets a boy in an Internet chat room, and, which is a very innocent Internet chat room. It was for one of the movies that were coming out, the latest movie. And she meets him, and she, he, she thinks he's a 17-year-old boy named Zach. And he sends her a picture, and she takes, you know, a little sexy photo of herself for him because she thinks she's told him she's 16. This is exactly how it happens. And he one day says, hey, let's go to the movies. I really have to meet you. And she says, okay, knowing that her mother is not going to let her go out with a 17-year-old boy that she met on the Internet. She doesn't tell her, and she says that she's going to go meet up with her friend, and they're going to go see the movies together. So she meets this boy who, of course, does not turn out to be a boy, but he turns out to be a sexual predator, and she gets abducted and taken into the middle of the night. So uh, Special Agent Bobby Dees, who is with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, he initially gets the call from the Coral Springs Police Department. He's assisting them, and everybody thinks she's a runaway based on her background and the fact that she's a vulnerable teen, and she has a sister who has formerly run away as well. So everybody thinks she's a runaway, and Bobby Dees, something's telling him that's not the case. He discovers this Internet relationship, and ultimately that she may not be the only victim. And, of course, then it, it, it catapults into this, uh, this pretty intense story about other missing teens who have gone missing, and some of them were never even reported to law enforcement because another issue that my book t- touches on is not just the fact that there are 800,000 runaways in the United States every year, but there's another 1.2 million estimated to be called throwaways that go missing and are never reported missing. So with that large number of, of kids missing, they don't even know who necessarily might be the victim of this online predator. And that's... Uh, I hate to give away endings, so I can't. Don't give away else. endings because we've got the story, we've got the premise of the book, and now let's. We should just leave it there. And I want everyone to know, or listeners to know, that you can buy the book online, bookstores everywhere. Yes, it comes out September seventh, but you, of course, can pre-order on on Amazon or get it from your local bookstore, Barnes and Noble. But uh, it's called Pretty Little Things, and it's gotten some great reviews. I'm very excited, and I think it's really touched on an issue. Yeah. Oh, you've um, touched on an issue. I mean, I'm startled by these statistics. 800,000 
uh, children, I call them, 100,000 million. Another 1.2 million that go missing called throwaways. Yeah, it's Um, alarming. And uh, you've been, uh, it's been great talking to you today. Um, Thanks really so much for being on the show. It's Jillian Hoffman, and um, it's been great having you. Her book is Pretty Little Things. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm Catherine Zox, and I'm your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to me, Jillian Hoffman, and my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake. Hope you had a great day, and we'll see you next week. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.